Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We've got some delightful music and guests here today for Song of the Soul. My main guest is Stasha Morgan Appel, self-described pagan Quaker. She leads earth-centered music, honoring the divine feminine in many areas and circles. But in early July, she was leading a five-day workshop called Singing the Goddess at the gathering of the Friends General Conference, commonly known as FGC. From that workshop, three participants volunteered to join Stasha in sharing for Song of the Soul. I take you now to the 2011 FGC gathering as Stasha Morgan Appel shares the music of her spirit and spiritual path. Stasha, I'm delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. And you brought along some friends. I'd like to recognize each of them. We have Peggy Bright, Denise Madland, and Sandy Moon here. Stasha, I became aware that I really wanted to welcome your spirit, Song of the Soul, when I saw that you were leading a workshop on singing the goddess. Could you talk to me a little bit about the process of deciding to lead this workshop and what the content is of singing the goddess? Sure. I have led two other full-length week-long workshops at FGC gatherings. At every workshop that I lead at FGC gathering, there's usually... Well, there's always a musical component. Some years, depending on the workshop and the workshop participants, that works better than others. With every workshop at FGC gathering that you teach or that you lead or that you facilitate, at some point your workshop plan goes out the window. I had an amazing experience two years ago 
both with my workshop plan going out the window. On Wednesday was the day that I had designated for singing, and sure enough, our workshop plan went right out the window, and we needed to do a lot of other kinds of processing instead. There was a piece that I really wanted to teach because I thought that folks would really enjoy singing it, and we had a wide range of voices and voice ranges in the room. It turned out that that piece was perfect for the work that we needed to do that day. So we did some worship sharing, we did some other kinds of work, and we fell back into worship, and I started singing the first part of it, and people picked it up, and then it's a layered piece with five different parts to it. And I just started, people would get one part, and then I would start singing another part, and other people would come in. And somebody just sat in the middle and started drumming, and then we had 25 people singing this piece for like 20 minutes, and it was amazing. And I've I've taught many other Quaker gatherings and a number of other pagan gatherings, and I've taught singing the goddess workshops, but much smaller, shorter ones. Like, my least favorite is an hour. (laughs) Um, I've done two hours, I've done three hours. So I've taught smaller versions of this workshop before. I realized I keep never getting enough, not so much of singing, because there are lots of singing opportunities at gathering, but... I'm singing this particular material, of singing goddess music, of singing earth-centered music. And I kept hearing from other people that they don't have enough opportunities to sing that. But when we're in these other workshops, there's all this other work that we're trying to do, and that's why we keep never quite getting to it or getting enough of it. So I thought, well, what if instead of having just one day, we had a whole week of it? And when I left gathering last year, and last year I didn't facilitate a workshop, I was in another workshop. I was in the car on the way home, I was not driving, someone else was driving. And this, I was like, oh, we could do this piece. Oh, we could do this piece. I I pulled out my book of shadows, my spiritual notebook, and started scribbling. Oh, we could do this piece. Oh, this piece would be good. Oh, you know, Juliet gave me blanket permission for shadow light, and I could teach that, and I could hand out the music for that. Rachel gave me blanket permission for Imani, and it's in the the other book, and I could teach that. Just all this material kept coming to me, and then it just, like many a leading, it just wouldn't go away. I was like, oh, well, that was just an idea because I was really enthusiastic after gathering. And then it wouldn't, yeah, you guys. (laughs) And then it just wouldn't go away. And I put it away for a while, and... When workshop proposals were due, it kind of came back, and I thought, well, I'm not really sure, but I'll put in a workshop proposal and we'll see. You know, there's something that I'm sure is, you know, it's in your center, so you didn't say it, but what's singing the goddess mean? What mm-hmm. do, what does that mean? You, you mentioned earth-centered, mm-hmm. and, and that makes sense to me, as opposed to singing the god. I, I haven't heard one of those workshops, but maybe all of them are if they're singing these days, you know? Well... I would say there's a difference between singing the Abrahamic or Judeo-Christian God and singing the Earth-centered God. So I would say that singing the goddess is singing the Earth, is singing the divine feminine, is singing the sacred in each and every one of us. And because the ex- because it's not because the goddess is not about what one believes, but rather more about what one experiences. So it's not singing about the goddess. It's not singing of the goddess. It's it's singing the goddess. So it's also experiential. It's a full body experience. I hope it's been a full body experience. Okay, good. Folks are nodding. So it's it's experiential. It's also singing me. It's singing Peggy. It's singing Denise. It's singing Sandy. It's singing everybody who's been in the workshop this week. 
regardless of gender, too. And one of the things I, I tried to be very clear about in the proposal and in the write-up was that partially to be very clear that I was welcoming of transgender people and also welcoming of everyone regardless of sexual orientation and also regardless of genders, that anyone was welcome who felt pulled by this material. So I tried to be really clear that all genders were welcome. Also that, that one didn't need to think of oneself as a singer either. It's also very important to me that people don't think that they need to read music in order to sing or in order to come to a music workshop. So those are things that I tried to, to put in there. Well, since this is Song of the Soul, do you want to start us off with a song? What kind of music do you want to share here? Well, because I really wanted this to be about the workshop, I asked for input from folks in the workshop, and that's part of why I have folks with me both to sing with me and also to help me decide what we're going to sing. And I think we're going to start with We Are a Circle. So this is a song by Rick Morris. I first learned this song as part of a big community-wide winter solstice celebration that I helped put together with some friends in Philadelphia, primarily with my friend Julie Middleton, who now lives in California. And then uh, Julie and I put the celebration together in a songbook and a CD. And I love... I, I use this very often in all kinds of seasonal celebrations because it honors all four elements and all four directions as well as spirit. We are a circle within a circle with no beginning and never ending. We are a circle within a circle with no beginning Oh! 
song, very beautiful. And this is an earth song because it's circular. <laughs> and because it talks about all four directions mm -hmm. and all four elements. Is Native American worship, theology, whatever it is, is, is it feminine-centered? It has the directions <clears throat> and all of that. I'm I don't know enough about most Native theologies to be able to talk intelligently about them. I know more about European-American earth-based theologies, so and I know bits and pieces. You said earlier that you perform or lead singing, help people sing mm -hmm. these songs in pagan circles. I think that for the general populace of the U.S., there's terrible ignorance about what yeah. what that means. Right. Explain, please. Well, the first thing that I do is refer people to the website of the Pagan Pride Project, the International Pagan Pride Project, which is www.paganpride.org. The Pagan Pride Project does include information on their set of definitions of who is a pagan. The thing is that if you ask five different pagans or eight different pagans for definitions of who or what is a pagan, you will get at least 10 or 16 different definitions of who or what a pagan is. Generally, this is a generalization, but it's a fairly safe one. Pagan religions, pagan theologies are earth-based, nature-based. So earth reverence based on the seasons, some recognition of the divine feminine, Pagan Pride Project has six definitions that they work with. Most of them fit well with each other. I think only one or two of them are mutually exclusive, which, you know, is about right for... Paganism is a really big umbrella. It's a much bigger umbrella than Christianity or even Abrahamic religions are. But generally, for someone who's not pagan, if you meet a pagan, you can usually assume that their spirituality involves some form of nature reverence or nature worship, and that that person might honor or recognize the divine feminine, that they will have some kind of direct experience of that which is sacred in their lives. So particularly for friends who are, you know, we're used to... And by friends, you're saying Quakers. Quakers. Yes. Um, so particularly for Quakers, you know, we're used to experiencing the divine moving in our lives or trying to discern the movement of the divine in our lives. So that's a bit of common ground there as well. And generally, we're used to thinking that we have to have some care or that we ought to have some care for the planet. And that's some common ground as well. One bit of difference is that often for pagans, the planet itself is that which is sacred, is that which is divine, as opposed to something that was created by an external deity. So for me, as a pagan, as a witch, as well as as a, as a Quaker, Trashing the planet is trashing the goddess. Mountaintop mining, acid rain, all of those kinds of things, they're not destroying something that my goddess created. They are destroying the body of my goddess. They're destroying part of the embodiment of the divine. When I go out and I walk in the trees or I bath, you know, I dance in the wind or I dance in the sun or I bask in a warm spring day, or I'm at gathering and I rejoice in getting to hug friends who I hardly ever get to see, then I'm actually having a direct physical experience of the divine. Sounds like things that virtually everyone loves, but they maybe you see them with more full colors than maybe other people do. You see an embodiment there that other mm. people are just seeing a reflection. Of that. Mm. You've already said that you're 
a pagan Quaker. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, no contradiction there for you. Mm -hmm. A pagan Christian, a pagan Jew, a pagan Muslim, does that work too? I don't know enough about Islam to say. Um, I do know pagan Jews. I know quite a number of pagan Jews. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, you skip questions. <laughs> that Sandy speaks. Okay. Sandy speaks. I would call myself a uh -huh. Christian. Do you want to say a little more about that? or Just that I've had experiences of both Jesus Christ, direct experiences, and of the goddess of nature. And mm -hmm. I don't see any particular conflict between them. I mean, it's about love. It's about caring. I, I haven't had a problem with it. I've had other people tell me I can't be both. Mm -hmm. But... <laughs> <laughs> But Jesus didn't tell me that. <laughs> That's the important part. And I bet the goddess didn't either. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, give us some more music about your spiritual path here. We are going to do, except I have to find my pitch pick. There we go. So the music for this is based, yeah, it'll come back. <laughs> They're like, give me the words. So the music for this is based on the Talus Canon. Um, and that music is from 1565. And it will sound really familiar to some folks. The first version of this we're going to do, I first learned in the late night singing group at North Pacific Yearly Meeting, annual sessions, and I think we just kind of stumbled into doing it this way because it was fun. Maybe as a vocal exercise, I'm not sure, but it's really pretty. And then the second way that we're going to do this are lyrics that I wrote in Full Moon Meeting for Worship, which I had hosted at my house. What's it called? Well, the first part is just the Talus Canon on Law, and the second part is the Full Moon Canon.
when you said Talis Canon on Law, I really had no idea of what you meant by that. <laughs> Law, okay, that's what you meant by that. You travel in lots of circles where, you know, where you're connecting up to more people. I mean, the Talis Canon, I think it was probably not written by a pagan. <laughs> but that was their loss, right? Well, you know maybe I mean? not. It does not. Paganism does not meet everyone's spiritual needs. Anyway, I, I think that the various, there are lots of different words to the Talos canon. I, and I learned different words to that. But the original words that I learned clearly met some deep spiritual need for the person who wrote them. You said that you wrote that for a full moon meeting for worship. And some people might not have an idea of what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would they? Gosh, back in the early 2000s, I had a leading to host meeting for worship on the full moon, you know, rather than first day or um, in, in the meeting where I first came to Quakerism, we also had meeting for worship on New Year's Eve and on other occasions. And as a pagan friend, I had a really clear leading to host meeting for worship on the full moon. I actually still, or again, I, I didn't for a couple of years, host full moon worship sharing or meeting for worship. And if we do worship sharing, we have a query. Usually full moon. We've occasionally done dark of the moon, depending on where I've been living and what the folks there want to do. There are some folks in um, one area who I had the idea, but they, this group of people ran with it and had dark moon meeting for worship and did it semi-programmed, which at the time I was completely allergic to not having spent any time yet with programmed friends which I have now, and I'm no longer quite as allergic to it. So no, I didn't write this for Meeting for Worship. It came to me in Meeting for Worship, and I was kind of shocked. And does this happen on the order of an hour long, or does it happen all night? Because, I mean... I, don't la I wouldn't last all night. <laughs> you know, I, I lived in Africa in a small village there, and on a full moon, there would be many hours into the night where the drumming and such would be going on. So I would love to do that. Tabligbo Togo, I can point you to some friends there and you can connect up and spend all night with a full moon celebration. Um, no, because it was usually on a weeknight and friends would usually have to work the next day. So we would usually meet for an hour. Well, you know, we had to go to work the next day too, but still they were up all night drumming. Wow. I wonder who is more sensible. <laughs> <laughs> who is actually more connected with the earth than that? Yeah. No, in this situation... We would usually meet for we usually meet for an hour, and would often have a potluck dessert or a potluck tea afterwards, which is fun. For those of you who just tuned in, I want to mention that you're listening to Song of the Soul. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org, and on that site you can listen to the approximate six years that we've been broadcasting. There's a wealth of material and of spirit and music and people working to bring good to this world in just so many different ways. You'll also find links to our guests and their resources. I'll make sure I include Pagan Pride there. And there's a place to leave comments which are so helpful to me and to other listeners. I know this program is reaching people from Washington State to Massachusetts, down to Texas, to Colorado, Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and several places in Wisconsin. It would be great to hear from you all. So, northernspiritradio.org. Post a comment there on a specific program or a general comment. 
My guest today is Stasha morgan She was leading a workshop called Singing the Goddess for the past week here at the Friends General Conference, a gathering held this year in Grinnell, Iowa. She's joined for today's program by some wonderful voices and spirits, Peggy Bright, Denise Madland, and Sandy Moon, our voices you're hearing here. And maybe you'll hear a few comments from them as well. So, Stasha, give us another sample of your singing the goddess music, this beautiful centering and uplifting music. Well, this is Denise. Uh, My choice for today is a new chant, The River is Flowing. Well, I shouldn't say it's new. It's new for me. It's by Diana Hildebrand Hull. Water is my element, and that might be because I'm an Aquarius. So any songs about water have always spoken to me. Thirteen months ago, I was blessed with the birth of a grandson Mm. whose name is River. So any songs with a river in them really speak to me now. beautiful flowing tune. Denise, I want to mention that you do and lead some singing back in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, that often has, a, from my point of view, a similar flavor to it. Do you want to mention a few words about that? And is this song, The River is Flowing, is that one that you have included in that group? Well, I sing with the Threshold Choir in Eau Claire. We sing at the bedsides of seriously ill or dying patients. And this song we haven't sung, but I think I'm taking it back home with me. Now, there is a song that we do sing, that we sang this week in workshop, and it's We Are Sending You Light. Mm -hmm. So this is a song by Betsy Rose, 
No, it's not. It's a song by Melanie Demore, and her website is melaniedemore, D-E-M-O-R-E, dot com. And it was recorded by Betsy Rose, so everybody thinks, and it was most popularized by Betsy Rose, so everybody thinks Betsy Rose wrote it. Melanie Demore is also a fabulous singer-songwriter, and so is Betsy. We are sending you light to heal you, to hold you. We are sending you light to hold you in love. We are sending you light to heal you, to hold you. We are sending you light to hold you in love. We are sending you light to heal you, to hold you. We are sending you light to hold you in love. We are sending you light to heal you, to hold you. We are sending you light to hold you in love. We are sending you That was I Am Sending You Light, written by Melanie Demore, performed here at the FGC Gathering by Stasha Morgan-Appel, Peggy Bright, Denise Madland, and Sandy Moon. Stasha, if you could update my memory, where are some of the places that you do your music? Are there opportunities, for instance, to sing the goddess all across the USA and across the calendar? Well, there are absolutely pagan opportunities across the calendar because there are seasons across the calendar. So when you say pagan opportunities, do you mean pagan opportunities for worship, for singing, for community, to hang out with other pagans? Tell me what you're thinking about. You know, the big opportunities, like, you know, Christmas, you can pretty much count on something happening in Christian circles. What are the occasions when the pagan community especially comes together? It depends on which subset of the pagan community, and it depends a lot on where in the U.S. you live. Um if you want to celebrate with other people. One of the things about most pagan paths is that it's entirely possible to be a pagan by yourself. It's a little bit harder because most of us like community. In some ways, it's a little bit easier when you're by yourself because then you don't have to argue with other people and make sure that you agree with Mm -hmm. other people completely. There's a saying, uh, two witches, eight opinions, (laughs) which... You know, could also be two Quakers' eight opinions, or I think it would probably be, I don't know Unitarians as well, but I think it would be, yeah, I was going to say it would be two Unitarians' 25 opinions. I have a number of Unitarian colleagues, especially musicians, and wow. So a lot of it depends on where you live. Um, Some of the good places to, and I have a lot of these resources on, on my website, My website's ridiculous to find because it's on Google Sites, but the best way to get to my website is through my blog, and my blog is A Quaker Witch. 
and it's musings of a Quaker witch, and it's http colon forward slash forward slash a Quaker witch dot blogspot dot com. And the easy way to get there is to go to northernspiritradio.org. Follow the links I have there for Stasha. There we go. We will make it easy. And um, I, will, I can also give you a link to my website. And there's a list of resources on my website. One of the easiest ways to find other pagans, particularly in the United States, is through an organization called Witchbox, which is W-I-T-C-H-V-O-X dot com. Vox is the Latin word for voice, so I guess these must be Latin witches. No. <laughs> no, these are, are actually pagans of many stripes all over the U.S., and you can click on any state, and as long as someone is advertising their event or their group or their support group or their product or their meetup, or meetup.org is actually, I think it's meetup.org, it might be meetup.com. It's also another place to find gatherings of pagans of any kind going on in your neighborhood. But in Witchbox, you can search by state. I'm not as familiar with Meetup, but I know that a lot of pagans are organizing on Meetup as well. But basically, yeah, I mean, if you think about the turning of the seasons and you also think about the phases of the moon, but it, de- it depends on what particular tradition you are involved in. Most of my experience is in witchcraft and in feminist witchcraft, and we celebrate based on the turning of the seasons at the fall and spring equinoxes and spring, summer rather, and winter solstices, which is part of how I ended up writing a book about winter solstice. Also the cross-quarter days in between. So halfway between, halfway between fall equinox and winter solstice is Samhain or Hallowmas or Halloween. Halfway between winter solstice and spring equinox, depending on which tradition you're in, it might be called Groundhog Day, it might be called Imbolc, it might be called Bridget, it might be called Candlemas, which some folks might recognize from their Christian churches. Halfway between spring equinox and summer solstice is May Day, Beltane, and May Day, which I actually grew up celebrating as a European welcome spring holiday and a workers holiday. And actually when my wife and I got married, I grew up celebrating it as that. I went to a Quaker college that celebrates May Day, and my wife is a former union organizer, and the first Saturday in May of the year we got married was May 1st, and the meeting house was available. <laughs> so we got married on May Day. So the equinoxes, the solstices, and the cross-quarter days are common to a lot of different pagan traditions. Three or four phases of the moon, again, depending on the tradition, waxing, waning, full, and dark. And then if you are looking for big gatherings of pagans, There's Pagan Spirit Gathering, there's Free Spirit Gathering, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple. I should also mention Cherry Hill Seminary, which is the only graduate-level seminary for pagans in the United States. It's an interfaith pagan seminary. It's a really, really wonderful organization. It might also be the only graduate-level seminary for pagans in the world honestly. Um, Most of our coursework is done distance, as distance education, which makes sense because there are not so many of us that we can all get together very often. It's modeled on, for example, Masters of Fine Arts programs where people come together for residential intensives a couple of times a year. It's rigorous. (laughs) It's not easy. It's a really amazing bunch of people. It's It's a really good program. And I'll include links to that 
to your blog spot, etc., on my site. Just follow Stasha's links at northernspiritradio.org. But now I think it's time for more music. Amani? Or the meditation for Let's do Amani. It's perky. It's perky. So Imani means faith. It's by Rachel Hazen, and it's, this is part of the winter solstice celebration, and Rachel's given me permission to spread this far and wide and use it in any context I'd like. And I should also mention that when Rachel wrote this, she wrote this for a small singing ensemble that she was part of, and she wrote a verse for each of the women in her ensemble. So when you just kind of string the verses together, they don't make a coherent story like you might expect initially. But when you think about them as reflections, as facets of the whole, then they do. Not knowing which side of the river you on. 
humani faith can come like a spirit, spirit come like walking on air. Take a step and trust in the path and Mother Imani meet you there. Imani faith can come like a spirit, spirit come like walking on air. Out of their seats, almost. <laughs> They're Quakers. Be gentle on them. <laughs> Thank you all. You actually are really kind. It's a, it's actually really. I didn't know how many people would be here, and it's really nice having you guys there, giving us some energy back. More delightful music that you're making as a group, and you've of course been practicing together for months. <laughs> <laughs> actually. I realize you've had very little time to practice together. Oh, well, we had one day on each song. One day on each song? Yes. In other words, we never repeated our songs. Each day we did all new music. So we've sung these songs together once, once twice, maybe. Well, that's good that beforehand you sang them at least once. Peggy, Peggy and I have sung some of them a couple times. Yeah, but not the rest of us. And not together. Hardly ever together. Yeah, so this has been it this know week. all of them either. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, this is Peggy talking, and one thing I like about this type of singing is that it's really not so much focused on performance. Mm -hmm. It's focused on bringing community together, being with each other. The rounds and chants, for me anyway, help me come to my center more easily. And um, for listeners, not singing, it might seem repetitive. Being in the moment and doing the singing... For me, it's, it's, just, it's just wonderful. So, <laughs> that's just a comment on the... The whole dynamics of it. The dynamics, yeah, is not so much listen to how perfect we sound together, but it's just uh, enjoying making the music and letting it help us spiritually. Yeah, it's, it's the singing and the singing together as a spiritual practice. And what was it somebody said? I think somebody in the audience right now mentioned earlier in the week about singing and breath of the divine. Was that you? <laughs> that person is shrugging. <laughs> but and somebody else in the workshop talked about singing as praying twice. That, you? that was you. No, that wasn't. That wasn't you. Okay. <laughs> you remember that, and that stuck with you. Yeah. One of the members of the audience passed a question to me before the interview started. He said, "Why are you a Quaker when you're a pagan? Isn't that more normal for a Unitarian?" And now I want to offer as a disclaimer out there that I realize that certainly within the Quaker way and within Unitarian practice and in some other places, there is considerable diversity of belief. It's a question of, I think, concentration that we're talking about here. So what's your reaction, Stasha, to that? Well, I, that question might have had more to do with music than with paganism, but it could be both. My sense with both of them, talking with my friends who are Unitarians, is that the extent to which any given Unitarian Universalist congregation is strong on music or friendly to pagans varies widely and varies locally. And the, my experience as a Quaker is that the extent to which any particular Quaker meeting within the unprogrammed tradition is welcoming to friends who are pagan varies widely. And it can vary widely within the same geographic area, within the same yearly meeting, 
It can vary widely within the same monthly meeting, depending. <laughs> what I've heard from Unitarian Universalist musician colleagues of mine is that, and also um, non-musician friends who are UUs, some UU congregations have really good music programs and folks who sing a lot and really well, and some don't. So that varies a lot, too. For me, a lot of it, so I, I am a member of the Unitarian Universalist Musicians Network for professional reasons. Part of that is because UU congregations are the single biggest bulk purchaser of my book, which is a winter solstice singing ritual. It's a combination book and compact disc, and it's a sort of all-in-one winter solstice celebration. And a lot of UU congregations use it as their winter solstice service. I co-authored it with my friend Julie. When I've gone to UUMN, UU Musicians Network conventions, annual conventions, my experience of UU worship there has been dramatically different than Quaker worship. There is someone leading the service. Yes, I, and I've gotten a lot out of it, but it's, I have not been a full participant in the same way that I am in Quaker worship or than I have been in my own tradition within feminist witchcraft where we are all clergy. So, you know, we say in Quakerism that we did away with the laity, that we're all clergy, and that's how certain traditions are within paganism as well. We're all clergy, there is no laity. It's just a different flavor for me when I worship with Unitarians. Um, and I have a wonderful time, and I always get something out of it, but it's not quite home. It's like visiting my cousin's house. <laughs> you know, like when you hang out with beloved cousins and you have a wonderful time, but... You're glad to come home? We're right near the end of our hour. I think we've got time for one more song. Can we squeeze one in here? Do you have one ready? Yeah, so I'm actually going to pull some, <laughs> we're actually gonna pull something. Um, folks are, are waving this at me. This is something I taught early in the week, and this is something I learned at the Unitarian Universalist Musicians Network Conference. This is a piece by Sarah Dan Jones called Meditation on Breathing.
beautiful music you share in your voices and it's so wonderful to hear the spirit breathing out through you mm, thank you you finished doing the workshop the five morning workshop today last day of the fgc gathering what happened for you this week and what are you taking home with you any of the four of you community for one thing community and love sandy moon uh just the memory of some of the moments that just sent chills down my spine you know, when you just feel the power flowing. It's just, I can't even describe it. It's so cool. <laughs> the music is coming through you and vibrating through you. It's oh, yeah. And I find if I let go of ego that I am just a channel for the spirit coming through me. That's a very special time. And Stasha, this was your song of the soul that I invited you for. And fortunately, you have some very soulful friends who came to join you. What did you take from the week? What goes forth from here? I'm going through a period of a huge transition in my life right now. For me, this has just been such a joyful week. I'm in a, I was in a peer group this week with other workshop leaders. And yesterday in peer group, uh, one of the other workshop leaders asked me, if you had a visit from a spiritual mechanic right now, what would your spiritual mechanic find to fix? <laughs> and after we finished laughing, I was like, wow, that's a great question. I'm going to remember that. And I, I was like, wow, right now, nothing. A week from now, plenty. <laughs> but right now, I've been tuned up. And I was like, oh, wow, in so many ways, I've been tuned up. But I, yeah, I just felt like this whole week, I have just I have felt joy bubbling along, sort of like a like a, a dancing brook singing and, and dancing along, and that has been my week. So for me, this workshop has been a gift. I have felt very well used by the Spirit. I have felt well used by the Goddess in my leading. I have felt more gently used than I have some other times when I have led workshops at Gathering. And um, <clears throat> someone at the table who was in my workshop two years ago is laughing because she knows, which was also a really amazing workshop, but we worked really hard. And in this one, 
there's been some amazing transformative work that's happened, but we came to it from a different door. Um, so for me, I think what I'm taking is joy. You've been listening to a Song of the Soul interview with Stasha Morgan Appel, and she's been joined in bringing forth the voice of the goddess and spirit by Denise Madlin, Sandy Moon, and Peggy Bright. Thanks to all of you for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And thank you, all of you, for being here and holding us in the light and singing. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul